Hey, all you movie buffs out there, I'm David Gaddy. And I'm Jeremiah Orr. Together we are The The Theo Knots. And you're listening to Fighting Christ in Cinema with your hosts, Michael and Brendan. Right here at GCTNetwork.com, your Great Commission transmission. On this episode of Finding Christ in Cinema, we take out the Steppenwolf and crank up the Beatles as we come together and look for Christian themes in Justice League. How can Bruce Wayne help us understand fear? How does the League find hope? All that more in three, two, one. Come on in, admission is free. Grab a bowl of popcorn, extra butter, of course, and find a seat smack dab in the middle. It's time for Finding Christ in Cinema, episode number 163. I'm Michael. And I'm Brendan. Join us, and together we'll dig deeper into the silver screen classics of yesteryear as well as the box office hits of today. We'll take a closer look at the stories they tell and see if we find the face of Jesus looking back. We're going to explore the deeper meanings of these films, the plots and their twists, the characters and their choices, and how we can relate them to the gospel of salvation and ultimately our Christian walk. You're tuned into Finding Christ in Cinema on the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission transmission. Yes, Brendan! Last week we covered Marvel's Cinematic Universe's Black Panther. Yes, and had a great time with that. Yes. The, the Christian themes abounded in that, probably way more than we could even think of covering. Of course. I have a feeling that's going to happen this week as well. Well, what are we covering, Michael? We're going to talk about the DCU. Yeah, the DCEU. Oh, yes, Extended Universe. That is absolutely correct. Justice League. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Did you have any addendums or afterthoughts or uh, anything you needed to tack on for the last episode? I did not. Are you ready to go to the theater? I am. Here we go. We have to be ready. You, me, the others. There's an attack coming from far away. Not coming, Bruce. It's already here. The others, where are they? Arthur Curry, the Aquaman. On him. Organic and biomechatronic body parts. He's a cyborg. You should probably move. Barry Allen. Whoever you're looking for, it's not me. You're the Batman. They said the age of heroes would never come again. It has to.
It's good to see you playing well with others again. Just like a bat. I dig it. Maybe temporary. Well, that was a big, exciting trailer. Blockbuster, popcorn, oh, yeah. fair. Oh, yeah. I, rem- I remember it must have been like early 2017, maybe in February or March. They started showing that trailer. The film itself did not come out until November. But every time that trailer played through all those months, from February, March, all the way to November, every time that trailer played, I got excited. Yes. Not only because it has your favorite band, the Beatles, but also because, uh, and that awesome cover by uh, Gary Clark Jr., that's who that is, anyway. Uh, but I really like the DC Universe, Michael. Why? Because it's it was one of the first superhero... Hey, no, uh, I want to say that. Oh, you can say it, too. That we was can my both, first love. We can both say it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, as but, a yeah. kid, uh, when I was growing up uh, back in the 70s and, you know, uh, whatnot, uh, I had the advantage of having reruns on broadcast TV constantly from, you know, 15, 20... 30 years prior. And so I grew up watching not only the Batman TV show with Adam West, Adam West, Burt Ward, yes, Cesar Romero, right? Yes, uh, yes. Burgess Meredith, yes. Oh. You know, I mean, all these great it, that was well, that was really my first, that was my first love for superheroes. Um, but I also got the uh, reruns of the old Superman uh, TV show with uh, George Reeves. Right? I mean, the old black and white. Yeah. Not, uh, not Christopher Reeves. No, Reeve. Oh, Reeve. Reeve. I'm sorry. One has an S and one doesn't at the end. Got George Reeve or Reeves and then Christopher Reeve. We're going to clear that up You right clear now. that up yeah, as I'm you, talking yeah, about going. being able to watch. Uh, these are DC superheroes. And then, of course, you had the basically the Justice League cartoon. It was Super Friends or whatever. And, and watching that all the time. And I had the old Mego. Hey, for you old timers out here, let's just geek out for a second. The Mego um, toys, the action figures of Batman and Robin and the Penguin and Joker and the Batcave and the Bat Batmobile and all these fantastic things, man. That was my life. Uh, I could go on and on and on about that. It, it was. It's Christopher Reeve and George, George Reeves. Reeves. Yes. yes. And uh, but anyway, so my first love. So I am predisposed to love this movie. However, the quote fans out there tell me that I have no business enjoying this movie. Now. What did you think of it? Your your first impression. Well, when I when I first thought thought, it well, was, what it was, was your first it was, thought? It was frozen, so I, I had to thought. Um, <laughs> oh, you we, said thought. Yeah, thought it. Yeah, not thought. <laughs> thought it. I thought that was just a southern way of saying thought because we like to make th- multiple thought. syllables yeah. out of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, my first thought about the movie, about the movie. Uh, anyway, when How I how did when you I, ditch your southern accent, boy? <laughs> oh man. So that's a story. Let's talk about that in the <laughs> uh, the, sp- the special <laughs> podcast only segment that we'll do at the end of this show. Oh, so no. listeners on Thunder Radio, you want to subscribe to uh, what are we? What show is this? Finding Christ yeah, Finding in Christ cinema. in Cinema. I almost said our other show. Shoot, dog, you can just, talk about Southern accents. Just search in your Woo! podcast app on your smart device there and uh, subscribe to Finding Christ in Cinema, and you'll get a whole nother segment of this show. 
that you normally would miss out on. Hey, there okay, you, there you go. Your first thought. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Uh, okay, so my first impression. Oh. there we go. Of this film, I was I, I had I had mixed feelings about it. All right, it was fun, and it was very uh, very thematically Ex- heavy and exciting and, and, and exciting. Yeah, pew pews. And yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. But there were just there were some things that that made me upset. Like what? Well, and and this is still true in the second and the multiple viewings that I've had since then. Uh, but for one thing, the way humor is handled in this film. And you know, I firmly believe Did that. Did you believe that they treated humor a little too lightly? No. Oh, frivolously. Well, uh, actually, maybe. Here, oh, here, here, let me say it. Let me say it. So, I I do firmly believe that a lot of dark movies like this they need humor. Why? B- because it it makes the audience experience better. For one thing, it it makes it makes the heavier things that the filmmakers are trying to say. It makes them more palatable. Okay. And it makes them easier accepted. And a, I, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yeah, that's one way of looking All at right. it. Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, and if that's patronizing, you know, I don't mean to say that would be patronizing, but that's just what I believe. Um, well, quite right. And, Good idea. Oh, quite right. Good idea. Thank quite you, Mr. Right. Banks. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, I hear you need saving. Well, we got some. Uh, we got some heroes for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, they but are. in this film, a lot of the humor. Rested on Barry Allen, the youngster, the youngster, yes, the new guy, yeah, a plucky, and, plucky young kid, yeah, exactly. And it it kind of struck me as well. May are they just copying Tom Holland? Huh? Because huh. because of his new iteration of uh, Spider Man. Okay, let, and, and at times it felt like that. But then I grew to accept Barry Allen as his own. Character. How is he different than Spider Man? Why it does he have this? Because it's really a nervous reaction. Because what does he say at the very beginning when Bruce Wayne is about to invite him to join them? He jumps up. I'm in. He says, "Stop right there." Yep, I'm, I'm in. in. Why? Yeah, you know, you are. Yeah, I need friends. He's a lonely guy. Yeah. And he's nervous. And he's not used to being around other people. The first time he sees, uh, meets Diana Prince, he says, you know, well, hello, Barry, I'm Diana, right? It, it's, uh, you can really, I, I, I can identify with his awkwardness, mm-hmm. his social awkwardness. Sure. I, I can too. Yeah. But there were just some moments in the film where he would, it, it was obvious that it was a joke. It was obvious right. that they were setting up for a joke in that particular moment of dialogue. Do you feel it was forced? And it was it was forced. It was unnatural. Or it was cliche. And uh, they rested on a cliche okay. instead of trying uh, to They resorted yes. to yes. safety. Yes. Uh, yes. The tried and true method. So, yeah. See, it, I had thought that all along that I was just too old to appreciate some of the humor. I thought he was funny. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no, he's, A lot he's of, especially those awkward moments, because I can identify with that. Oh, my goodness. You know, how many times have I said that, called somebody the wrong name or wished them a, you know, a happy Easter when it's actually <laughs> hi, Christmas? Hi, Barry, I'm Alan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or hi, Barry, I'm Diana. Yes. You know, that, I mean, that's me. And so, but yeah, there were a couple of times where it did seem like you hit a pot ro- hole in the road as you're driving along having yeah. a good time in this movie boop what was that yeah right okay yeah. I, so i could see that what else but what else besides and, that and then we're not supposed to enjoy this movie brendan oh i know i know and now and this is my first impression but it has since changed i didn't like that steppenwolf was well one-dimensional okay or that he is one-dimensional that's what I was thinking all along, this is not what we 
often talk about as a, a, a good villain. The mm-hmm. way that we describe a good villain more often than not on this show, he doesn't fit that. But is he really a, a, a crummy villain? Well, he's not a crummy villain. He's honestly, now that, now that I've actually reviewed and reassessed, I think he's a good villain. He's just a different kind of good villain than what we usually prefer. So then does he serve his purpose? He does. And, and what's that, do you think? Well, he well he's there. He's the uh well, he's not the ominous threat because he makes himself known. Uh but he's the threat. He's the he's the danger that everyone is afraid of and needs to be addressed. And, and he needs to be addressed because otherwise if he if he isn't addressed if he does it's come the home, end of the world. Exactly. If he if he comes home to roost, so to speak, and he and he makes the earth like his primordial hellscape that was his own planet. That he, he loved. He, he likes he, that kind of place. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if he does that, then uh well then it means the end of life on earth. As we know and it. And it's and li- it's life and death at the stakes. It's automatic high stakes. High stakes. And you know, we talk so much about good what makes good villains, especially with our last episode talking about Killmonger in Black Panther. And Killmonger was so multidimensional was so yes. complex yes. compared to Steppenwolf, who is layers. Uh, who is what? <laughs> Killmonger had layers. What does that mean? That's from Shrek. Oh, layer. Oh, oh. I, I thought you were saying. Oh, Leia. I thought you were saying like Prince has Everybody layers. likes a parfait. <laughs> Cakes. Cakes have layers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway. We haven't done any Shrek movies, have we? We haven't. Hey. That's hey a, we were shame, looking for some lighter shame fare. on us. We do need a little bit of lighter fare. I'm sorry. Go on. But, you know, the, okay, so the point is uh, where Killmonger, yeah, he was he was deep and richly complex. But Steppenwolf, he's a different kind of villain. He's a good villain because he serves his function. Yes, and what is that function? He well, he's to he's, be the threat. To be the threat to to take over the world, which it forces this group of 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 superior beings. Mm-hmm. To coalesce. To coalesce, to galvanize. Yes. And become what they need to be. To do what Gary Clark Jr. says so and come together. So he is a plot device. Yeah. And so, and, and in being that, being a, a one-dimensional uh, bad guy, he does exactly what he needs to do, and that is to shine the light on these cast of characters mm-hmm. that have to overcome obstacles in order to overcome the big obstacle. Yes. And the way that this movie is crafted, and it's strange because it was started by uh, Schneider. John, not John Schneider. That's Zack from, Snyder. Yeah, John Snyder. is from... Okay, John's from Dukes of Hazard. Oh, I don't know about that. What? I just know the theme song. Aren't you a good old boy? No. <laughs> I know I know Waylon. Okay, Zach uh, had to leave the production, and so they actually brought yeah. in Joss... Whedon, yeah, to and, and just to be it. clear, he left on a family emergency. It's not, yes, it's yes, not yes, like yes. he was bailing oh, out. Terrible, you know. Some people thought that at first, yes, but no, he had a he had a, a very dire family emergency. And day, so, so here recently, there's been a bunch of chatter on uh, the intertubes about uh, I love the about him and uh, about Zach and his uh, uh, missing or secretive or some you know it's yet to be revealed. Cut his director's cut yes. or his or Snyder cut, but yeah. I can't tell any difference where where like Josh Joss would have stepped in to pick up. 
You know, you know that I can't tell either. And I and I thought I tried looking for that. I couldn't find anywhere. So that either speaks volumes to the original vision that that Zack Snyder had, or the abilities of Josh Josh Whedon to be able to come in and do cut his own scenes and the, intersperse them, intermix with edit together with what already existed. So mm -hmm. that's a that's a pretty interesting thing. Uh, what else do you want to say about the movie as a whole? I love it. I'm going on record right now to say that this is one of my favorite superhero films. Uh, of course, it, by saying that, it, it occupies a spot with about 20 other superhero films. So it's right up there with all of my favorite superhero sure. films. Yeah. Every bit as much. I love this movie. Uh, and uh, Doesn't it seem more... This may just be me, and I'm not making an absolute statement, but... I, I I have a tendency to want to say that this film and the DCEU has a little more humanity yeah. you know, to it than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But, Michael, it's funny you say that because a lot of people say, at least from the reviews that I've seen and every, you know, talking about the inner tubes, everyone seems to say that Marvel characters are more relatable. They're more personable. But I think what we see with the DCEU, and just with DC in general, with uh, anything DC does, their characters seem to be, uh, you know, literally and figurative, figuratively more mythic. They are they archetypal. Archetypal. They are they are taller. Metaphorically, metaphorically speaking, they are they are giants. Yes. They are they are because they bring Other. on the heavy things. Yes. Because no one can be like Superman. No one can be like Batman. No one can be like Wonder Woman. And it almost brings us to a point to where we have to accept them for who they are on their own terms. It's not like we can look over at Tony Stark and say, oh, I've I've been in Tony Stark's situation. I've been in, uh, you know, I've been hurt. I've had to dig myself out. You know, I've, I've had to do all that. Uh, whereas we look at Batman, oh, man. You can't, yeah. You can't go through what Bruce Wayne is no, going through. No, no. Or you can't go through what uh, Clark Kent is going through. Cal L, you can't go through that. Well, then, but then how? How? Why do I see them as being human? Because they they still they still still deal with human frailty. Hum, well, not only human frailty, but uh, using that human th the not the characters but the stories showing their human frailty in order to get to a deeper truth. Yeah, because even though we have these giant heroes, these mythic heroes on on which we stand on their shoulders, you know, we still see them making the same mistakes that we do. So it's like the uh, the bigness of them, the godlike, the old gods. You know, uh, uh, as even Steppenwolf says to Diana, you, uh, yeah. you have the blood of the old gods. The old gods are all dead, right? Mm -hmm. And the old gods are the pantheon, right? Yeah. But they're that 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 archetype that we're talking about. It's almost like a like the scaffolding of a of a building or like a skeleton. What they represent, and you can hang things on them to create a different facade. Oh yes, right. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. Um, and, and so this facade that they crafted in this film. We can relate to I like I already said I can relate to Barry. I can relate to Arthur Curry. You already know his backstory. I can't wait for the Aquaman movie because it's tragic. Mm -hmm. He doesn't belong anywhere. You know that's all of these guys. All of these characters they don't belong. 
And that's what they're grappling with. What about uh, Victor? I mean, when you, you know, Victor Stone, Cyborg, and that character since day one, and I believe it was 1980 when he was uh, debuted uh, in the, uh, the DC Comics, he has always struggled with this problem that he's not certain that he wants to be alive anymore mm-hmm. because he's actually not certain that he is alive. He's a monster. He doesn't belong anywhere. Uh, and all of these characters are struggling with very human situations, mm-hmm. emotions, fears, all you know the whole gamut, the whole gamut. Mm-hmm. And and I just find it incredibly relatable. I like to be able to watch a character and fall in love with that character and say, yeah, I see myself in that, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk a lot about uh, Diana Prince because I see that she is the type of, she's an archetypal Christian. See what she does? Do that. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of Christian I want to be. And when I see her do it, I believe that I can as well, you know? And so maybe that's why this this movie touches me so much. I love it. Absolutely love it. I I want number two to come out. I can't wait to see the the Aquaman movie and the the uh, the Cyborg movie. And I hope and pray. I saw a rumor. So this rumor, take it for what it what it is. But you know, for the longest time, they've been saying that Bat, uh, Ben Aff, Batfleck Ben Affleck is trying to uh, get out of his contract. Uh, you know, to play Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, then I heard the other day, no, he's not. No, he isn't. Oh, really? And I hope. Oh, man. I hope that he, he's my very favorite Bruce Wayne that's ever been on the big screen. Okay. My favorite Bruce Wayne of all may be Adam West, but just because it's just so, so over the top and right, right. whatnot. But uh, of any of the people over the last, since 1989, that's when mm-hmm. the first Batman movie came out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Danny, uh, uh, um, What's his name? Married to Bellatrix Lestrange. Uh, oh. What's his name? Uh, 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 well, anyway, uh, everybody knows who we're talking uh, about. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah. Yes. Since the first Tim Burton I was, was going to say Richard Burton, but that's a different guy. And so I just <laughs> hope that he, he stays along. And so uh, in our five minutes here before break, let's do some shout outs. I just gave a shout out to, to Ben Affleck. So, yeah. I mean, unless you want to add and, anything well, I, to him. I would just say, you know, because I really, I really enjoyed... Uh, oh shoot! Who? What's, what's his name? Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale. Oh, fantastic! I, I, I really actor. enjoyed his performance, and I I had brought myself to the point in saying, I think he's my favorite Bruce Wayne and Batman because he could do both characters well. Like he could be the rich, fancy playboy who extravagantly spends money to to keep his he people did a safe. Fantastic job, you know? and and nobody knew what he was doing. He was always working, yeah. working the yeah, room. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then he could also be the brunt force that is Batman, but the Dark Knight. I, I'm going to have to watch. I'm going to have to go back. I've been meaning to go back and watch uh, the Chris Nolan Batman series. Yes, uh, and I'm going to have to think. You know, which one do I like better? Because right now, I mean, so so Ben Affleck did a good enough job in your mind that that you're going to have mm-hmm. to reconsider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Christian Bale, fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from him. I just believe that Ben has something more. Mm, just there, there you go. Just a little more uh, seasoning on there. There you, you go. Know? Uh, Especially it, with this one, because he we show it showed an aging Batman. Yes, 
you know, and we don't always think about that. Hey, you know what? Since we've covered uh, most of these other actors many other times, let's make sure we have four minutes until the break. Let's make sure we talk about these newer guys. Sure. What yeah. about, well, let's start with Ray Fisher as Victor Stone, cyborg. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did you think about his portrayal of this, of this thing that doesn't know if he belongs anywhere? Well, the, there was an awful lot of brooding. Yes, and you would be too. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when he fly when he launches off the the apartment floor in front of his dad, he goes, "See that? I couldn't mm-hmm. do that last night." Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then uh, like he's going through that, but then once he gets folded into the the league, you know, you you start seeing him like he like he's starting to see where he can fit in. Yeah, and so- he brings back the Nightcrawler. Uh, whatever you want to call that thing, a vehicle yes, or whatever. Yes. Well, he, he brings it back to life when it shuts down. And then he, he starts uh, working his way into uh, Bruce Wayne's computer system. You see him using that to he's find... He's very useful. Y- yes. Oh, and he's going to be... Once again, function. Yeah. He, he has his function. He has Pur- his purpose. Purpose. Yes. Purpose. We all want purpose. And he, and at the end, he almost he almost finds a joy in that. What about Jason Momoa oh, yeah. as oh, I the dude? Him. I loved him. <laughs> Arthur Curry, I, Aquaman. So I know I know you keep saying that Aquaman was one of your favorite oh, superheroes. Oh, I was so worried. Worried, worried, yeah. worried. I love Aquaman. I love the whole premise of a, of a person that lives under the water and can, you know, talk to the fishes not, and sleep with the fishes, but wake up afterwards, right? <laughs> a yeah. little uh, godfather. Oh, uh, anyway. oh, stop it. We'll save that for the extra segment. <laughs> and so, uh, I, but I was blown away by him. Oh, uh, me too. I didn't know what to expect with Aquaman. I don't. I didn't really know anything about him, just that... You know, yeah. There's the cliche. He talks to fishes. Uh, it's that's, the water you know, that does the talking. Yeah, right? exactly. Like and I'm glad they brought that up yes. too. Uh, but no, I enjoyed it. He was he was uh, a man caught he, between two he worlds. He was very very snarky. He had a good. I won't say a good sense of humor because I feel like that that has a bad connotation. But he he had a good oh yes. uh, aura about him. Yes. you know, he walked with confidence. He he. It's almost like he knew his circumstances and he knew they were still dire, and yet he was still able to one help the fishing village that uh, couldn't go in out Iceland. fishing yes. in Iceland. Yeah, he you know that's how he spends his time helping hel- helping other people exactly because that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Wow, and then and then he brings that to the Justice League. So it's it was fun watching Jason Momoa, you know, as snarky and as cheeky as he was. It was fun watching him do all that. Uh, you know, we have one minute left until the break, and we've already talked about really we we talked about most of these characters. Who else do you think really deserves a shout out? He he didn't have that big of a part, but J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. Oh gosh, you can't go you know, wrong with him. <laughs> you know, it it was a surprise. Yes, yeah, a, a very pleasant surprise. They need to utilize him a whole lot more. Oh yeah, and hopefully Any, anytime they will you can the, get J.K. Simmons is good. And uh, Kieran Hines as Steppenwolf, that yes. voice. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great voice. Uh, but are there any Christian themes to be found in Justice League? Well, I would hope so. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a show about it. Okay. Well, you just pointed out the obvious. <laughs> that takes all the excitement <laughs> Let's away get meta. from it. Let's get meta real quick. <laughs> it's just jam-packed with them. Uh, oh, yeah. E- every scene, every scene in there, I see something. And so we're going to have to go ahead and pick up on the other side of the break here on Thunder Radio. Uh, here, WMSR Manchester. 
at 107.9 FM Manchester, 107.1 FM in Tullahoma, 1320 on your AM dial and worldwide via the free Thunder Radio app. When we get back after this break, news, weather, and sports, we will talk Christian themes in the newest DCEU film, The Justice League. Welcome back to Finding Christ in Cinema, the show where we believe that all the best stories have elements of the greatest story. And today we are talking about one of the best stories of last year, 2017's Justice League. Yes, I tossed that right over to you without you knowing what's yeah. going on. Um, the, the latest in the DCEU. Right. And mm-hmm. and this we discussed before the break what a fantastic movie this is. We disagree with many of the, you know, comic fanboys or what have you. I don't know what they were expecting. I really don't know what their beef is because I'm not going to dig that deep into it and mm-hmm. get myself all riled up. For uh, for further reading on that, check the one-star reviews on IMDb. Yeah, there you and go. And Rotten Tomato. It, it has a 40% on Rotten Tomato. Well, have your Alka-Seltzer right next to you handy while you're reading those yeah. reviews. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But this movie is jam-packed with Christian themes, Brendan, and we can learn a lot from watching Justice League. And therefore, it's a it's a good opportunity for you to sit down with your friends and loved ones, you know, on your double-decker couch, mm-hmm. eat some buttered popcorn together, and, and you can just point out some of these these signposts, these markers that uh, that that will branch out and shine the light on Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Brendan, what do, what do you think? What, what kind of Christian themes did you find? Well, we've, we've got to look at this film through a framework. And I'm going to, and I'm going to propose. I don't understand. Well, I know, let me explain it, Michael. Oh, right, oh, I right. know. And uh, General Zayas. Was that Zayas? No, that was, I don't. Was that oh, Zayas? Maybe- I thought it was. Let's go back and do uh, Planet of the Apes. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Oh, I gotta watch the. I still gotta watch the new ones. I gotta see Don. I haven't seen Don. No, I don't know who plays Don. I don't know either. All right. That's why I gotta watch it. (laughs) Uh, But no, we need to see this film. We need to see Justice League through a framework of its thematic conflict. Okay. Hope versus fear. Ah. And that's where I want to start. Okay. Because Michael, I don't know about your life, but all my life, I've been taught that fear is a bad thing. Oh, yeah. It shows that you have no faith. Uh, oh, oh, Michael. Oh, oh, man. That that really that that pinpoints it right it there. It does. You don't have any uh, faith then. If you, if, you, if you fear, if you are ever afraid of something, then how worthless you are, are you? You trust in Jesus. You know, exactly. You, mm-hmm. you don't trust. Yep. Uh, like you said, you don't have All faith. All good things. You know, all things happen for good, to good, for good to those who love the Lord, right? And so what do you have to fear? Now, Michael, as I put on my Morpheus sunglasses, what if I told you? Oh! What if I told you that fear was a good thing? Uh, well, I would wonder if you're a heretic of some sort. Oh, Michael, get out of here. Well, I may have to disfellowship you and uh, shun you. Oh, uh, but here we go. Oh, okay. Here we go, buckle okay. up. This is, this, is, this is the primer that I'm going to start with, and then we can go back and forth from here. Okay. Fear is a good thing because fear lets us know when we're in danger— Ah. And that we need help. Uh, I and I can't that, argue with that. that. Seem, I know it seems very, it almost seems, uh, you know, this is something that kids pick up in kindergarten. It seems this basic to life. Like fear. Oh, whoopsie splunkers. I love Mark Rylance. Thank yeah. you for playing that. Uh, but but we often forget how basic fear is and how essential fear is. 
And I'm not even going to go toward, you know, in the Proverbs talking about the beginning of wisdom or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's this whole other entity. And we've talked about that several times. Right. You can uh, go back in the archives. And- even, even with the Chris Nolan Batman films, we talked about that. Oh, yes, because, we did. Because, yeah. well, because fear is a heavy theme in Batman. And just The character of Batman. Exactly. The, he has all these fears. And his M.O. But in this film, Michael... In this film, we see Batman, we see Bruce Wayne handle his fears properly. For once. For once. Oh. <laughs> yeah. well, he, well, that, that's, that's his whole life arc is how he learns how to deal with fear. You're absolutely right. You know, and that's, that's all that Bruce Wayne is. Uh, Bruce Wayne fears this new threat, this new invasion that's coming out, this, uh, this Steppenwolf. He doesn't know anything about it. He's afraid. He knows it means, you know, danger. Bad news. It's, it is bad news. And he wants to assemble a team. He wants to get together and, and try to conquer that fear. He wants to conquer Well, he wants to conquer the threat. Yes. But he's doing so fearfully and respectfully. He's reaching out to, his, uh, to the people he knows, Gal, not Gal, Diana. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Once again, let's get meta. He's reaching out to Diana. He's reaching out to to Alfred, his uh, you know his lifelong uh, mentor, really. But then he's even reaching out to new people. He's reaching out to Barry Allen, to Arthur Curry, to Victor Stone. He's reaching out to all these people. But there's one person that he knows he can reach out to. But it's going to be risky. We we when uh, when all these characters are in the hangar just before they uh, they get ready to go bring back Superman. Because that's where their hope is. Uh, well, Bruce Wayne says it very succinctly. Superman was a beacon to the world. Why aren't you? You're an inspiration, Diana. You don't just save people. You make them see their better selves. And yet, I, I never heard of you until Luther lured you out by stealing a picture of your dead boyfriend. Shut yourself down for a century, so let's not talk about me moving on. You know that if she kills you, we'll cover for her. We are not enough. Each of us in our own way is held back, and I promise you, Steppenwolf is not out there talking about ethics. He's trying to burn down the world. He's trying to burn down the world. That's the threat that Bruce Wayne is afraid of. And then he, uh, before I get to what I was talking about, he even calls out Diana. And I, and I think this is a strong suit for Bruce because he knows fear so well that he can see it in others. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Exactly, yes. exactly. And, and once again, this is not to say that fear is a bad thing, but he knows that it, that it can hold some people back. Unless you do something about it. Unless you do something about it. And unfortunately, Diana is in that crossroads between being cloistered by her own fear of losing like she lost Trevor and helping people and being that inspiration, being who we know she can be because we've seen her in action thanks to the Wonder Woman film that came out and Batman versus Superman. We see that Diana has so much potential and yet she cloisters herself because she is afraid of risking. We also see Barry Allen. He's afraid. 
when he sees Steppenwolf and he hears what Steppenwolf is going to do, I, I should have clipped this if I thought about it, but he says, you know, he pulls Bruce aside and says, hey, look, I'm afraid of bugs yeah. and <laughs> guns and obnoxiously tall people. Uh, <laughs> I have never done battle, uh, but that's the thing about fear, though. You have to express it. And and Bruce knows how to circumvent that. Oh, oh I'm, I'm getting there. Oh, okay. I'm getting there. Yes. You have to express it because once you express it, once you cry out that fear. Oh, now I see your notes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> once you once you cry out that fear, yes. you begin to process it. Yes. And then once you express it and you reach out for hope, you reach out for the hand of someone else who can help you, who has been through it. Once you Once you can do that, then... Your fear will turn into faith, oh. and and just and just for that one little microcosm of an instance, yes. Bruce Wayne says to Barry Allen, "Save one, just well, save and, one." And what does he say? What? And, and, what? And, and, just what, save just one. Save one. And, and, and then, then what? what? You'll know what to do. Exactly. Oh. And then and then boom, we could stop there, Michael. Oh goodness, we could stop there. There's more. There is but more. But wait. But wait. <laughs> There is more, but but first let's talk about this crying out because this is this is what I think is essential. It, this is once again, this is the first step to taking fear, which I'm starting to believe that God gave us fear as a tool to help us have faith. Absolutely, and we see we and how many times can we count even on all all our hands and feet? How many times in the Psalms that David cries out? Out of yes, fear? Yes. And I've got just a couple here. Uh, there's Psalm 109, uh, verse 22, and this is from the, the CJB, the Common Jewish Bible. Okay. Uh, not, not, uh, not, not a special Jewish, Jewish No, the Bible. Common this Jewish. Just a, the common, common Jewish. Any, okay. Look, and anytime gotcha. I want to go to the Psalms, I want to go to this translation because they actually maintain the poetic form of Well, it. then go ahead. So, but anyway, uh, Psalm 109, verse 22, out of the CJB, for I am poor... And and needy, and my heart within me is wounded. Mm. But here's another part. This is Psalm 57. This is earlier. Psalm 57, verses 1 through 3. Show me favor, God. Show me favor. For in you I have taken refuge. Yes, I will find refuge in the shadow of your wings until the storm has passed. I call to God the Most High, to God who is accomplishing his purpose for me. He will send from heaven heaven and save me when those who would trample me down and mock me. When those who would trample me down mock me, God will send his grace and truth. That's David reaching out to God out of his fear. He's reaching out, finding someone he can hope in, he can have hope with. And that's another huge theme of this film. Uh, hope is in relationship. Hope is in community. It's in a group. It fosters well in a group, and we can even get back to that here in a second. Uh, if you want to jump in with Diana real quick, because I'm about to hit on Superman. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, you already started talking about her fear, and, and in that sound clip, what do we know? Her fear is rooted in losing uh, well, her loss of Steve Trevor. Yeah. She loved him. Yeah. She fell in love with him, and then he sacrificed himself in that fantastic scene oh, in the Wonder Woman oh. film. And, and so I gotta watch it again, this yeah. interaction between, between Bruce and Diana, she takes that to heart. She hears what he is saying, mm -hmm. and, and, and she tells him. You know you can't do this forever. I can barely do it now. Steppenwolf, this is the job. It's my job. 
And I haven't been doing it. I've been reacting. Not leading. You know what you said about Steve It wasn't my business, I'm sorry. You were pushing me to lead the team. But leaders get people killed. I fought, always, when I was needed. But to lead, to step into the light and to say to people, this is worth your life. When it's your fault, they're all Steve Trevor. That's her fear, is yeah. giving the, the, the green light to somebody to go into battle and die. Mm -hmm. That's her great fear. You know what, um, if you want me to continue with the story arc that I saw with, with Diana, Diana Prince, and this is, I was blown away that they, I didn't think that anybody could put uh, Wonder Woman on the big screen in, in the 21st century yeah. and make it work. Mm -hmm. And how wrong was mm -hmm. I? This is one of my very favorite characters in all comic book uh, films. Um, she sounds... To me here in this stage, as, as well, that interaction with Bruce, where have you been? You know, I haven't never heard of you until Lex Luthor drew you out. You've been hiding for a century. Mm -hmm. It sounds a lot like the interaction between Mordecai and Esther, doesn't it? Um, for if you remain, we know this passage, this famous passage out of F Esther chapter 4, verse 14, and we all know the story, so I'm not going to, I'm running out of time here, but out of the Nicodemus, Right? Hmm. New King James Version, Mordecai says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, Diana, if you can remain hidden and not leading like the natural leader that you are, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Who knows, perhaps uh, um, Bruce expected Diana to take the place of Kalel, to be the Superman. Hmm. And he sees that she's not doing it, so he had to come up with this crazy plan to bring back Superman. Mm -hmm. It's a possibility, but here it is. Yet, who knows, Diana, whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Sounds a little bit like Esther. She's reluctant. Mm -hmm. Esther was reluctant. Who am I? Which is actually hearkening to uh, way back to Gideon in the Judges, right? Hell, mighty you know, warrior. And he's looking around. Who, me? The guy hiding down here? Mm -hmm. Hiding from our enemies as I'm trying to thresh the, the wheat and stuff so they don't come and pillage it like they have been doing for the last several many years, right? But let's talk about another judge. Um, how about, well, Deborah. Hey. Huh? So now we're going to go from a, a Gideon type or an Esther type to Deborah. Okay. How is that going to take place? Well, she says, you were right. You were right, uh, Bruce. I have been hiding and it's because I'm fearful. I'm fearful. But he gives her the, the hope. He gives her the hope, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens later on in the movie when they do go and to confront Steppenwolf and all of his bug people and they're in that uh, that small town in, in Russia, here comes Bruce Wayne. He knows what he needs to do and he's going to uh, uh, attract all the bug people, the parademons or whatever silly mm -hmm. name that they yeah. were called. And, and, and now they're all coming. They're coming. They're all coming. We might not have thought this through. He's clearing the field. He won't last three minutes. 
Then let's use them. On my lead. Yeah, he's he's not going to make it. So, well, we need to do something about it. And then she steps in on my lead. Judges chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, out of the Nilt, the New Living Translation. One day she, that's Deborah, sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, and who lived in Kadesh, Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor, and I will call out, God, this is God, you know, call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. And Barak told Deborah, I will go, but only if you go with me. Only if you lead me. And now Diana is ready. You're right. I have been neglecting my duty. It's time for me to lead. I am a leader. And part of that song of Deborah, I love a couple of verses here. Uh, Judges chapter 5, verse 7, out of the net, the New English translation. Warriors were scarce. They were scarce in Israel until you arose, Deborah. Until you arose, Diana. Until you you arose as a motherly protector in Israel. There you go. Wow. Verse 12, wake up, wake up, Deborah. Wake up, wake up, sing a song. Get up, Barak. Capture your prisoners of war, son of Abinoam. This victory, this is, and this is what takes place in this movie. She is now a leader on my lead. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of 1 Timothy chapter 3. Um, you know, the famous one about leaders and stuff in the church. Out of the net, verse 1, this saying is trustworthy, Paul writes to Timothy. If someone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a good work. It is a good work, Diana. Verse 11, women, well, the Greek word is gynaikos, uh, which can mean a deaconess, or the wife of a deacon. Hmm. Okay, so that it's not it's not cut and dry clear what that what that looks like or what that word actually is is saying. Likewise, women must uh, be dignified, <laughs> not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Well, what if, if this is talking about deaconesses, which I believe that it actually is, well, then that takes us to Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, out of the NASB. Paul writes, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant, Greek word diakonos, deacon, of the church, which is at, uh, I can never know how to say this city, Ken, Chen, Sen, Korea, Sankria, that you receive her, Phoebe, in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. For she herself has also been a helper of many and of myself as well. She is a leader. She's a leader like Mm. Diana Prince, like Deborah. Warriors were scarce. They were scarce in Israel until you arose, oh, Deborah, until you arose as a motherly protector in Israel. Last sound clip that I have here comes from the very beginning of the movie. And we learn what, who, not who, what is Diana Prince as she goes into this bank and, and 
deflects all these bullets from this terrorist group that comes in here. The leader of that terrorist group finally has a question for her. I don't believe it. What are you? A believer. A believer. She's a believer. We have eight minutes left in the show. And that is what she is. I don't believe it. What are you? I'm a believer. And Bruce reminds her mm-hmm. of that. You are a, 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 a believer. You are a servant. You are a leader. You are, who knows, but you may be here for just such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And she does. And it's a fantastic uh, testimony to the Christian spirit, the Christian walk. If you desire to be a leader, be a leader. Be somebody that is a signpost to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. You you took it back to that first clip where we, you know, we see Diana standing on that statue of. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Is it a know. statue of, of uh, justice? Is it justice? Uh, is the I'll, blind weights and stuff? But she wasn't blind. The statue wasn't blind. Huh. Or at least I, I I thought I saw that correctly. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, she's standing on that statue. She runs in. She saves all the people. But just before that terrorist group uh, starts their plan, the guy holding the briefcase, which turns out to be a bomb, he opens it and he he starts pontificating on, you know, this world needs to come to they an end. They have to monologue, right? Yeah, the, there's, you there's monologue. always a monologue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, it's, but it, and he says, this is the only people's hope. This is the people's only, yeah. The people's the only, world's hope only, only hope yeah. that they that they return to a state of holy fear. Oh, but I don't think he understands fear. I don't think he understood fear correctly. No, Diana no. understands fear correctly. Bruce, Barry, they all understand fear correctly, but where they find their hope is in relationship. Once again, just to reiterate that. Yeah, and please redefine what fear is. Okay, so here it is. Fear lets us know that we are in danger and that we need help. Fear is a tool that prepares us for something that we care about. And instead of either one, thinking, having fear, but thinking that we can take care of it ourselves, that's bad. That's anxiousness. And that's what, that, shoot, I didn't even plan on that, but that's what Jesus talks against. He talks against isolating yourselves in times of fear. He says, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't expect to handle it by yourself. God takes care of the birds. God takes care of the flowers in the field. Will he not take care of you? You have your relationship with God, Jesus says. You don't need to fear you do, you if you fear that's fine but you have god in whom you have a relationship with whom you can walk through that fear he's not going to take you out of it but you can walk with him through it and find a new place of faith it's the same thing for the justice league they have their fears but together they walk through them and find their hope and faith on the other side wow and in the extra segment, yes, uh, we're going to go into just something special about the Batman Superman relationship. Oh, so there's even more. There is more. Yeah, there is. There is more. But we're we're running short on time. We and have I, four minutes. I, I don't think I can hit it in four minutes though. 
well, continue teasing. Continue talking about this, the, uh, what fears that we see here. That we can identify the fear of each of these characters. We we know what Diana's fear is, and we know that Barry has this fear of bugs and heights and you know uh, stop signs and cardboard shrubs, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, whatever. He's just afraid. He's afraid of everything. But what is that? I mean, that is that's there's something bigger going on. There is. They're afraid to take risks. Fear of failure. Fear of failure, and and let's be honest. When whenever you fear something, uh, if you're if if you take care of it properly, if you cry out again, that's the that's always the first step. If you cry out in that fear and ask for help, ask anybody, anybody who you know can help you, then you get to the point of okay, well now it's going to be a risk because. Uh, let, let's say it's a, well, let's say it's a bad relationship that you have with someone and you're going to take a risk in order to mend that relationship. It's always a risk because you risk getting hurt again, right? You right. risk putting yourself in that situation again with the person that hurt you, but hope or will with, step in. Yes. And, you know, and you can't control what other people want. That's getting into a whole nother thing. Uh, Bruce can't control Diana. Bruce can't no. control. No. I mean, she shows in, in the scene that we played just moments before he insulted her deeply, cut her yeah. to the quick about Steve Trevor, and mm -hmm. she just gives him a little mm -hmm. shove, and it took a couple of moments for him to recover from that. And and you can kind of see how much of a risk that was to their relationship. Yes. For him to say something like that. Because, I mean, how... You don't go poking around stuff like that. That's that's poking a bear with a stick. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's taking a risk because he he values their relationship so much that he's willing to take that risk. In he order... knows what she's capable of. Exactly. And he says, "I'm not going to let you continue doing this." Amen. That's it. Yes. He, he wants to awaken her to herself. He wants to. He wants her to see herself as the inspiration that everyone else sees her as. Yeah. And she, she kind of lost vision of herself there for a moment. But he instills, he, he nourishes that hope. He takes the risk in his crying out. He takes the risk of offending her and pushing her away in order to bring her to, to a certain truth. And when he brings her to that truth, as much as she may not like it in that moment, after she meditates on it, and in that, in that second clip you played, she's had time to meditate on it. She... Uh, and she she knows Realized. she's right. Yes, he's right. She's come and to an understanding. Exactly, and hey. that's that's all part of taking risk in our fear. Go in ahead. our uh, special podcast only segment, let's replay that first clip that we did and right. analyze that again in light of all the things that we have talked about. Yes. Okay. So you listeners on Thunder Radio, uh, we're about to sign off here for tonight. We're going to continue the show though for our podcast listeners. So subscribe to. Finding Christ in Cinema in your podcast app on your smart device. Finding Christ in Cinema is part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, a listener-supported ministry using new media and social networking to equip and encourage you to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more and to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com slash donate. To witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational digital ministry, including all 163 episodes of Finding Christ in Cinema and the list of films that we've covered, get over to our website at Christ in cinema.com you can call us up on uh, the voice line at 507-407-GCTN or just subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast 
Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn, and search them all for Finding Christ in Cinema. And for all the shows that we produce at the Great Commission Transmission Network, including our brothers in Texas, The Theonauts! Get over to our official website at gctnetwork.com. Tune in next time. We'll talk about another movie. We don't know what it is. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCTNetwork.com. Howdy, podcast listeners. Here's your special extended uh, segment for this episode. There's a lot to talk about in this movie, Brendan, mm-hmm. and this theme of hope and, and, uh, um, and the fear, fear, the conflict. Yes, light and darkness, mm-hmm. and Superman uh, and Batman. Oh my goodness! I mean, you know, we want to go back and revisit that first sound clip that we uh, listened to. This exchange in the in the the laboratory or whatever of Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. where they are coming up with this plan. Because I surmise, or I, I'm going to throw out there this possibility that that Bruce is worried that Diana is not going to overcome her fear and take the lead, and so he's got to come up with this crazy plan. I don't know. Maybe going back and rewatching it, well, there may be hints that he had already ha- had this plan, that this was the way that he wanted to go originally by resurrecting. Uh, Superman. Superman. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't remember that off the top of my head. Do you? Well, I I don't think he. Do you think this is a plan B, or do you think it was plan A? Oh, what resurrecting Superman? Yeah, I want to say that he's needed it the whole time, or that that he's meant it the whole time. Even from that first scene that we see Batman in, where he's holding the the muggler, the muggler, the <laughs> holding the the robber, yeah, uh, on the edge of the building, cat burglar, huh? Yeah, cat exactly. Burglar. Yeah, and uh, you know he's. You know, after that parademon shows up and, you know, Batman kills him or whatever. That's probably right because Um, all the way from the beginning of the movie, it's just setting this up uh, with the world's without hope because of fear. The the world is encased in fear, enveloped Uh in fear because the man with the S on his chest that symbolizes hope is Mm -hmm. no longer there. Let's listen to this clip and see what we can get out of it. Superman was a beacon to the world. Why aren't you? You're an inspiration, Diana. You don't just save people. You make them see their better selves. And yet, I I never heard of you until Luther lured you out by stealing a picture of your dead boyfriend. Shut yourself down for a century, so let's not talk about me moving on. You know that if she kills you, we'll cover for her. We are not enough. Each of us in our own way is held back. And I promise you, Steppenwolf is not out there talking about ethics. He's trying to burn down the world. Yeah. So you, why, where, where have you been? Why aren't you a beacon? Mm-hmm. And it's her, her fear that, that's holding her back. And, and it's like, again, that exchange with Gideon. Hail, mighty warrior of God. Mm-hmm. Who, what? Mm-hmm. I'm hiding. Why are you hiding, Gideon? Because I don't, I'm in fear 
that's not producing anything constructive. I'm afraid of those guys. They're going to come and take our food. That's what was, was taking place. No, 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 no. The Lord's going to fight for you. Just come. You know, I will be with you and destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Mm-hmm. Just one man. It's going to be easy peasy. Just trust me. You know, and, and that is, or like Esther, why aren't you doing anything? What are you talking about? I'm a Jew in the palace. I have no business being here anyway. They're going to kill our people. I'm thinking if, I, if I'm if i quiet, you know, Mordecai says, do you think by remaining silent, you know, at, at this time, relief, you know, if you do, if you continue doing that, relief and deliverance will arise from another place, but you and your father's house will perish mm-hmm. if you continue acting like this. But yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And then she's transformed into Phoebe, this great servant, this great deaconess. She's transformed into Deborah, one of the greatest judges in in, in Israel's history. So much so that the, the words to that song, that song of praise after winning the battle, after, well, after Yahweh won the battle, but if she's inspired by the Holy Spirit here, well, her and, and her, her, her partner Barak, right, her, her buddy, warriors were scarce. They were scarce in Israel until you arose, Deborah, until you arose as a motherly protector in Israel. And there is that clip at the very end after they battle after they win the battle uh, against uh, Steppenwolf and both Superman and Cyborg are laying on their backs because separating the mother boxes the blowback it can be pretty bad blowback oh yeah but I think we can handle oh, yeah. it but they were you know laying there I can I feel my toes hurt I don't even understand how my toes can hurt he doesn't have toes right up uh, and what is her response children I work with children. <laughs> you, you, know, you arose as a motherly protector in Israel. She conquered that fear, mm-hmm. right? Talk more about this fear and contrasting it to hope. Well, you know, like we talked about in the main show, uh, fear is often, you know, uh, well, scary. And crippling. And crippling. and Paralyzing. Well, and and people Barry was paralyzed. Yeah, when he saw Steppenwolf, he certainly was. I don't know what to do. I I I don't belong here. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. When he said that. Yeah. But Bruce once again offering that wisdom, giving him because Barry reached out to Bruce in that one little moment, Bruce was able to offer him a little bit of hope. Here's what you here's what you can do. Save one. He offered him a path to receive hope. Mm. All oh, you yeah. need to do. You're fear. You're afraid. I understand that. I understand mm-hmm. fear. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm Bruce Wayne. I understand fear. I'm going to tell you how to overcome it, and it's this one step. Save one. And it's almost like he shifted his focus. Yeah. Don't focus on, on the big picture. It is scary. Yeah. Focus on what you can do to help. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on stepping. That's what he told Diana. Focus on how you can help. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and in that speech that we just, well, not speech, but in that dialogue that we just heard between Diana and Bruce. Uh, you know, Diana says, you know, without reason, without heart, uh, this technology can can destroy so, us, yeah, right? Science is without heart. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I dare say that Bruce does have a lot of heart, even though, you know, he's his thing is technology. That's, that's just part of the Batman uh, 
brand yes. label, whatever, whatever you <laughs> yeah, want to call yeah. it. That's what uh, he do. Yeah, and that's how that's how he is. That's how he has chosen since he became Batman to answer his fear. He is afraid of people uh, going through experiences like what he, what he went through, having their their parents murdered. Yes. right in front of. And their he'll eyes. do anything he, he can doesn't to prevent want that. that. He, and that's his, this is his version of crying out in that fear. Once again, that's the first step, crying out. But it is risky. Yes. And and in another sound clip, I, I can't remember if it's in this one, but he says we don't have time for a control group with this. You know, we can't, we can't, we don't have time to test this. It is risky. There's no time for committee. This needs to take place, exactly. and it is in that scene. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you know, they're they're talking about bringing back Superman, resurrecting Superman. They're talking about it as if he couldn't be more of a Christ figure already. Come on, you yeah. know. <laughs> but it is risky, not only because of the physical risk it's physically unsafe it is dangerous but there's also the risk of hurting superman in his relationship with bruce it could go horribly wrong it could go horribly wrong and uh at the end of the clip uh you know uh bruce says well i have a contingency plan for that uh and then diana says well if he wakes up you're gonna and sees you you're gonna need it yep and we can actually well, we actually see how this this first viewing of the relationship comes out when Superman is resurrected. He goes to his monument, and then the Justice League they try to you know calm him down, but contain he ain't your boy ain't being calmed down for nothing. <laughs> he is uh, in a way he's fearful, but he knows who he is though, and he knows his abilities, and of course that's how he. That's how he's able to fight the Justice League through those defenses, through those uh, those powers that he has. And once he sees Bruce, Bruce, I know you. Bruce knows that he's in danger, and once again, Bruce is fearful. But he knows that he can reach out to Superman in the same way that he reached out to every single member of the Justice League. In his fear, he reached out. He took a risk, and in this instance, we we see that risk fail. Alfred, I need the big gun. You did this. I had to. You won't let me live. You won't let me die. The world needs you. It doesn't need you. See, when I see that scene, I see Clark resenting Bruce. And even though, you know, Bruce may or may not have been the reason why Superman was dead in the first place. I mean, you know, it's in Batman versus Superman when they go up against uh, Doomsday. You mean Dawn of Justice? The ultimate edition! Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. Uh, but, it, you know, it was, it was in the fight with Doomsday that Superman lost his life. But... Batman played a huge part of that. And, you know, maybe Batman owns up to some of the some of the guilt that he feels. And maybe that's his main motivation, acting out of guilt specifically over losing Clark. Yeah. Even though, you know, how many characters tell him it wasn't your fault, it wasn't your fault. That's one of the ways that Bruce Wayne handles this. He got caught up in the in the worldwide fear that Lex Luthor 
generated about Kal-El, about mm-hmm. Clark Kent, about this Superman. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne got caught up into it because he didn't see the whole picture. He saw buildings collapsing and his his, his people that work for him dying mm-hmm. and things such as that. And and, uh, and he operates totally... You can see the fear on his face right here because he knows, oh my goodness, uh, the last time that I fought him, I had a I had at least a fighting chance that if I you know snuck up on him, I could take him out with, with enough Krypton gas. Yes, yeah. right now I don't stand a chance, and or, you can see the fear in Bruce's eyes. You can, yes, but he still takes that risk. Yes, he works in that pushes fear. through. He pushes through that fear with that risk, and. In this moment, Clark resents him. Yes, and, it, and that risk and, almost turns around to bite him. It does. Yeah, yes. he's he's almost in danger because but he has the big guns. Bruce, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Bruce, Bruce has his fear, and Superman even asks him that question. That, that famous, is something about Bruce Wayne. He always has the bigger guns. He that, that, he does. <laughs> he does. Uh, but Superman asks him that question that Bruce asked in mm-hmm. uh, in the other in the other film. Do you bleed? Yeah. And then we all remember. You know, we when we saw that happen, we knew what was about to happen. Uh, someone's about to get thumped. Get thumped. Yes. yes. Thank you. I was, I was trying to think of a less colorful <laughs> way to say that. Uh, but but then the big guns show up. Lois Lane shows up. Yeah. And she she talks to Clark. She reasons with him, and then once again, and she removes him from the situation. She, let's go. She, let's go. Yes. Hey, we need to go. We need to talk yep. because she agrees with Bruce. Yes. And then she is the one who convinces Superman to work through his resentment toward Bruce to actually see what Bruce was trying trying to do. She changes Superman's mind. Hmm. And, you know, talk about Amy Adams being a powerful actress. That's her moment to shine. Yeah. When she convinces Clark, hey, they need you. Yep. I need you, but they need you more. I lost you, but they all lost you too. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, I, you know, saying all that, let me get back to my notes here. You got you got lost in the conversation. Yes. Well, you got, you got it just goes on and on and on. I'm still thinking about Barry Allen and how how that one word or that one uh, uh, um, phrase phrase that one, admonition encouragement. There you go. You know, save one, and you just see how that affected him throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I may be scared, but I'm going in. Mm-hmm. I'm going in with you. No matter what, I'm going in. And yes, I'm scared, but I've worked through it. I'm fearful, but mm-hmm. I can act. Mm-hmm. In hope. And then here's the good thing between Bruce and Clark. Yes. When Clark understands the relationship between Bruce and Clark is reconciled. It's restored. Yeah. They're brought back together. Not only do they have a common enemy in Steppenwolf, but, well, I mean, Bruce buys the bank healing healing there yes there, yes there's healing superman was hurt emotionally from what bruce did to him he is now healed from that and he doesn't resent bruce anymore he's so much the, so that now he's they one can the joke family. about they yeah they joke about it. and then they and then that wonderful last little clip in the film uh you know the the kent house was for the sale farm. the farm was for sale but now yep thank you Reese. Not enough what you did. I did a mistake, that's all. 
and you can hear the joy in the mm-hmm. back. They go, yeah, and then I, I kind of wish we had, we had uh, clipped that joke in there too. So, yes. how, how did you buy it back from the bank? Well, I bought the bank. I bought the bank. I don't know. It's just uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a reflex. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I love that, that's that a superpower. Flick. What's your superpower? Yeah. I'm rich. I'm rich. That's why Ben Affleck is great. <laughs> he's very he's very charming. Yes, as Bruce Wayne. Yes, uh, but. This is all to say, you know, we talked about watching this movie through the framework of hope and fear and how fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I don't think it is a bad thing. It's It's a natural natural thing. thing. And it's even, some would call it a gift from God because it helps us focus on what matters. And it helps us prepare He created us to feel these things. Yes, exactly, exactly. For Bruce, he had his fear, but he found his hope in relationship with the league, with his friends, with his family. Ah, uh, he said family. And then and then just to bring it home, for us as Christians, we have our hope, even though we may have our fears, we have our hope in the God that loves us and the God that died for us and the God that now lives within us. We have that hope. And we can walk through those fears with him yeah. because he is inside us and we can go forth and maybe even show somebody else mm. that mm-hmm. he's there too, you know? Awesome. So, that, so that's my point. That's where I'm coming from with this film. Can I tack on something? Because we just said uh, fear. I made the claim, uh, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but God created us with that with that emotion, mm-hmm. all right? And yes. Well, some people would say, well, but that's a bad thing. There, it, you know, uh, did he create us with the, uh, the, with the ability to kill and to rob and to steal and do all of these things? This gives us an opportunity for me to share a series of passages with you folks. Because oh, I want to make a point here. Oh, and, here we go. And we touch on this almost on every single show. No, I'm not going to go I'm not going to go off the the the, the but rails. Michael, the okay. fans want it, Michael. No. Okay. <laughs> we have the voice. Let's mail. start uh in uh, an early passage. Uh 1 Samuel chapter 24 verse uh 13. It is like the old proverb says, from evil people Evil proceeds. Mm. Okay. This is out of the New English translation. I just happen to be on that in my electronic Bible. Uh, Isaiah chapter 32, verse 6. For a fool speaks disgraceful things. His mind plans out sinful deeds. He commits godless deeds and says misleading things about the Lord. He gives the hungry nothing to satisfy their appetite and gives the thirsty nothing to drink. Again, proceeding out of man, out from his mind plans out sinful deeds. Jeremiah chapter 17 Verse 9, famous passage, the human mind. And you know what? I'm going to switch. I'm, I got to switch. No more, <laughs> no more net. Let's go back to the old, uh, uh, the, the standard, the, the standby. The heart is more deceitful than all else out of the NASB and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. You brood of vipers, Jesus says, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. 
chapter 15, verse 18, maybe. I can't see it's too small. Yes. But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. All those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. Doesn't say anything about fear. Mm -mm. No, these are bad things. They come out of the heart of man. Mark chapter 7, verse 20. And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, or from within, out of the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murder, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Luke chapter 6, verse 45, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. Those are heresies. That's that word. Envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God of God. James chapter 1 verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is, a carry, when he is carried away and enticed by his own lusts. Where do those lusts come from? They come from the heart. Then, when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 29. Behold, I have found only this, that God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. Okay, last one. Famous passage, Romans chapter 3. Starting in uh, verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues, they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. All of these things come, originate where? In the heart, in the heart yeah. of man. All bad things, all the bad things mm -hmm. originate in the heart of man. But, but fear is not listed in that. Fear is a natural thing. And it is a good thing. It is a life-preserving thing. It is a soul-preserving thing. Mm -hmm. Because 
the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, now people will say, oh, but that means a healthy reverence for the God of the universe. He wouldn't want you to fear him. Go back and read the Old Testament, would you? <laughs> now, you know, talking about fear, uh, here, let, let me bring up that Southern accent real quick. All right. Uh, but Michael, <laughs> in, in 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love. Michael, here in that verse, just by itself. All by itself. Just by yes. itself, Michael. You can't tell me that fear is a good thing because God did not give us that spirit of fear. God gave us spirit of love. Okay, now this is where Brendan comes back in. All right. Uh, that verse in my circles, in my experience, has been used to say that fear is a bad thing and that if we don't have, or if we have fear, then we don't have faith, that we are faithless, that we, that we are misguided if we are afraid of something, you know, especially involving anything, you know, churchy. If we have fear, well, you just don't have faith. But I want to take just a second look at this. And this is again, off, you know, on the cuff, off the cuff, whatever, uh, looking at the Mount's reverse interlinear New, Trans New Testament translation of this, uh, it points out that the word fear there is uh, dahlia. Yes, it, I'm da looking dahlia. at it right now. Yeah, you're, you're there. And it's the, this is the only place where this word is used. Uh-huh. But, so <laughs> but, but, but listen, okay. you're, you're following with me. Uh, that word, another synonym that we would use today in English would be timidity. Or cowardice. Cowardice, yes. Yes. And then, of course, you know, go, looking up uh, the definition for timid, and it, you, I mean, you beat me to it. Uh, timid, showing a lack of courage or confidence. Yes. Easily frightened. And once again, I think this speaks to the anxiousness that we talked about, trying to overcome fears by ourselves. If we do that, then we just become like a tire spinning in the mud. We don't get anywhere. Well, in fact, the word that, uh, that it comes from uh, it shows uh, by implication faithless. Okay, that's a different word. The connotation here, well, in fact, in the in the proper translation, when you read the real translation, the, the proper translation the, the of the Bible. The New American Standard? Yeah, the New American Standard New Bible. American, yeah. It is translated timidity. Oh, that, good. Okay, okay? Good. he there has not go. given us. Okay, and he is speaking to Timothy, who is writing to Paul, asking on behalf of the Ephesians, who he has been left in charge of, and they are a rowdy bunch. Okay, these are folks that came out of Diana cult worship, Artemis. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. and that was a that was a crazy religion. Okay, and uh, and so it really is. Uh, I mean, timidity is is the word that. What does Young's literal translation say? Oh, are you he, are, he are, you, are you going? I'll, I'll no, go he there. he uses fear, but uh, uh, but that see that's this is the only time in the New Testament that this word is used. This is a very specific word, and it's not what we think of as fear. Oh, and so uh, dahlia. Yes, and yeah. so when we say, "Well, God did not give us a, a spirit of fear," we're using that word once again. You keep using that word, dahlia. I don't. I do not think that it means what it. We need. I need. Inigo Montoya clipped. For a sound clip, yes. Okay, yeah. so I, we're basically we just said all of that to go back to our 
our premise that fear is not a bad thing. It's not a sinful thing. Mm -hmm. It's a condition. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. It's a state that you're in. And then when we come together as a family and people can provoke one another to love and good works. Mm -hmm. Right? There you go. Man. And and I don't know if you want to go into this or not, but we can talk about it briefly. Good. Uh, before the show, guys, listeners, before the show, Michael and I like to have some uh, some nice theological discussions. Things that we can't share with you. Exactly. Uh, I, I will share this, though. Oh, you know, no. We, we were, no, no, it's okay. okay. It's okay. Don't get me in trouble. Uh, I won't. All right. We were just, uh, <laughs> we were just talking about uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. How they how they came about in the intertestamental period? Yes. Do you think sometimes that? Oh, not okay. very well though. But <laughs> I mean, go ahead and try. <laughs> Do you think that they were formed in that intertestamental period out of a bad case of fear? Oh yes, because they were afraid that the Messiah wasn't coming. They were afraid that God had left. Well. He's and silent, but not uh, he was silent. Yes, but again, fear is a good thing. However, maybe, maybe, and I'm not a scholar. I don't know, but maybe they were formed because they thought they were on their own and they didn't reach out. Well, there, uh, there's also a lot of, especially when they were taken into Babylon and the temple was destroyed. If the temple is destroyed, you are in bad shape. How mm -hmm. do we worship? The Lord, and that's mm -hmm. when the uh, that's when they devised all these new things, these innovations, mm -hmm. such oh, as the synagogues oh, there, there you go. And, uh, uh, and and all of these things, uh, and the 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 sects, the sect that came about, the, the <laughs> oh, yeah. you know the 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 Pharisees and the Sadducees, and again that word sect is also uh, and factions. Those are the words for heresy. So when we go and call a Christian that we don't agree with and we don't like, I don't like what you just said. You're a heretic. You're using the word wrong. So right. stop doing that because that's ignorance. Okay, that's not what the word means. It means factions. It means sects. It means people it's splitting up, being divisive, and saying you are not one of us. Mm -hmm. Okay, because you're a heresy. I mean, you're a heretic. <laughs> we use the word heretic. We the way that we use it is thanks to the Catholics. God bless all of our Catholic listeners out there, but it's not the proper usage mm -hmm. of the word. And that came about in the uh, the the Inquisition, right? You're a heretic. And so if you don't denounce that and blah, 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 that's not the right way to use the word, so stop doing it. Uh, although I know all the people that use that word like that, none of them listen to us. Not oh, one of them, because it would only go. take them about two minutes to go, these guys are heretics and I'm out of here, yeah. right? Because they're not saying what my <laughs> preacher says. Let me, uh, let me just share this passage since we're talking about all of these things here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> And the letter to he's, the Hebrews. He's, he's on a. He's on a. He's on a tirade. I'm bad. Okay, this is uh, because it just pulled up this way. This is out of the ASV, the 1901 American Standard Version. Oh. Let us. So this will sound a lot like the King James. So you know, all of our Baptist listeners will know exactly what this is. Let us draw near with a true heart in faithfulness in fullness of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and having our body washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope that it waver not, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Oh, that's good. That is what mm -hmm. is taking place in this movie. Yeah, let's cling together. Let's draw near. 
Yes. Exactly. I'm putting together a team. <laughs> there you go. Putting together a team, and that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did by his very ministry, his his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And he sends out his apostles mm-hmm. into all the known world, spreading the good news, put together a team. Suit up. Just go in, save one, and then mm-hmm. see what and then you'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. Oh! There you go. Wow. Brendan. Questions, comments, piggybacks, editorials, off the wall remarks. No, I think the I think the listeners will have plenty of feedback on that. All right. <laughs> speaking of which, yeah. Speaking of which, what are we starting off with? Are we going down to? Uh... Hold. Who goes there? It is I. That's my wee lad, Gimli. Yes, my wee lad, Gimli, also known as Patron Saint Philip is going to take us down to King Philip's Stables of Doom. Take it away, Brendan. He um, says, oh, and this is in response to Black Panther. Oh, okay. Uh, he says, hey, guys, hey, guys, great job on one of the MCU's better films. Oh, yay. Well, thank you, yeah. My favorite superhero movies tend to be origin stories, and this one had its own unique Feel, I agree. Yes, uh, yes. Michael you, and I agree. How do you uh, how do you how do you catch a unique rabbit? Unique up on it. <laughs> I love it. Oh. You know, I hate comedians. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, okay. I think Philip continues. I think what stands out to me most is the idea that decisions made primarily motivated by fear are often poor ones. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> Look at How that. Does that work. Look at that time. How right does into that it. work? I'm going to read that again. High mind. <laughs> yeah. I think what stands out to me most is the idea that decisions made primarily motivated by fear are often poor ones. The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear and that we've got to remind ourselves constantly that God is in control of all things. A robust view of providence and trust in God's sovereignty frees us to make biblical decisions in faith. And that's what Bruce Wayne was doing throughout this whole film. He, he had faith that, yes, exactly, that he knew that team would come together Yep, the beat like the Beatles did, and right now, <laughs> right now, over who? T. Uh, okay, okay, back to Philip. A ro- a robust view of providence and trust in God's sovereignty frees us to make biblical decisions in faith, and then trust God for the results. Easier said than done, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but regardless, becoming more involved in reaching out, uh, reaching out beyond Wakanda. To help the rest of the world is a good example of the Christian principle that to whom much is given, much is required. You know, you can't do it any better than that. I, I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean... Quite right. Good idea. Quite right. Good idea. Quite right. He gets a point. Hey! He, he, gets, a, he gets a point. Where's the, where's the points? There it Ding. is. There you go. Strangely enough... Oh, here we go. Okay. Back to Philip. Strangely enough, I have seen Seven Psychopaths. Of course he did. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like you guys you guys know me or something. Uh, it's definitely a dark comedy, yeah, but with really good performances. Amen. Uh, but if you if you're turned off by particularly particularly dark movies, you may want to steer clear. As usual, Sam Rockwell 
We need Sam Rockwell in our menagerie. I don't think we have him. Oh, we, yes, we do. Who? Where? Green, oh, Green Mile. I forgot. Yeah, we, we, we talked this, about that We last had time. the same conversation. You get a point uh, deducted. Oh, man. I mean, the negative. No, actually, that was... Uh, <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> but we need more Womp Sam, Walk- Sam, Sam Walkwell. Walkwell. <laughs> does, does, he, does he limp? No, he, he, he walk well. <laughs> Uh, he's the sort of actor to and make Reese any- Witherspoon or without. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, read man. his letter, would you? I'm trying to. Okay. He's the sort of actor, Sam Rockwell, that is, to make any story significantly, significantly more interesting. Mm, yeah. I kind of wish he wasn't in the Green Mile oh. because I like him so because I like him so much, and that is such a despicable oh, character. Oh my goodness! One yeah. of the worst that we've yeah that we have covered. But if you check him out in Moon or The Way Way Back, you'll get a more likable performance. Love the show, guys. Hashtag Moe Gimlet. Yeah, it is like a hive mind going on here. I didn't read this before we did this show. I had read it, but I had forgotten about it. <laughs> All right. We also uh, received a voice message from uh, patron saint uh, John Wilkerson. Hey, Michael and Brendan. It's John Wilkerson. I am sitting in my car here in the parking lot at work, having just arrived. Finished listening to your episode on Black Panther, and I had to talk about the scene where Killmonger is in his ancestral land. And I don't know if you noticed this or, or, or if it's been pointed out to you yet, but outside the windows of the apartment that he's in are the ancestral lands where T'Challa was. And I couldn't help but think about Moses and how Moses was not allowed into the promised land. Wakanda is the promised land for Killmonger. It was what his father talked about, is what he had to look forward to. It was it was what he should strive towards. But what happened with Killmonger is he struck out in anger. And so he was not permitted into his promised land. Just like Moses struck out in anger because of his anger and his frustration with Israel. And Moses wasn't allowed into the promised land. The same thing happens with Killmonger here. And how many times do we act in a certain way? Maybe it's in anger. And those things that were originally promised to us are just out of reach. And if we go in and we try and take it by force, we're working against God and we're working against the Holy Spirit. And that's really what Killmonger had to do. All Killmonger had to do was just walk into Wakanda at any time and he would have been accepted as a brother. But instead, he chose to act in anger. So just some thoughts for you guys. I think you I'm glad to hear that you guys are back and also I think uh Michael you need to go off the rails a little bit more. I think that's okay. I don't mind that. That's wonderful. Do it. Do it. Go off the rails, brother. <laughs> and a recommendation for the list. I recently saw Hotel Artemis. Wow. What a movie. It's definitely a shields up movie, but 
Jodie Foster in that movie is just incredible. And the journey that her character goes on from being secluded and fearful to being someone who is ready to go out into the world and help the hurting. Not just specific people, but anyone is just wonderful. So Hotel Artemis, when that comes out for rent, I really think you guys should take a look at that movie and run through it because there are some wonderful Christian themes in that movie. All right, that's it, guys. Keep up the great work. God bless. Bye. There's a lot of thoughts yeah. and a lot of information, and oh, there are yeah. a lot of great stuff. First of all, yes, uh, well, uh, um, I forgot her name already, Jodie Foster. Oh, Jodie Foster, yes. yes. She's a fantastic actress, so I wouldn't expect anything else uh, from her. Uh, second of all, I didn't notice outside the windows in the ancestral uh, grounds there in the apartment in, uh, in mm-hmm. Oakland, California. How come you didn't point that out to me? I, I don't know. Wow. I, th- I just like I, I would I remember, have dwelt on that even more because that even that even makes it that much more poignant that how can you know Killmonger Eric say well how can they not find us we're right here I mean they should see this apartment right here in the ancestral grounds I mean we're part of this why aren't mm-hmm. they able to, well maybe it's your maybe it's your people that are lost right yeah. and and well that that scene really shows how. Compartmentalized. Uh, how, how well? Just how how strong of an impact that event had on Eric? Oh, it was life you know, changing. It, yeah, I mean, uh, being uh, ab- abandoned. Yep. He that's that's really where Eric died, and Killmonger was born. Yeah, you know. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's like Darth Vader. How he killed Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. come I don't have that either? But John made some fantastic observations Mm -hmm. from that movie. Um, Yeah. At any time, all he had to do was go and knock on the door of Wakanda. He knew how to get there, obviously. All he had to do was knock, knock, knock. May I come in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, but he wanted more. He wanted vengeance. And and part of that vengeance, though, he was afraid that he wouldn't be accepted. He had that fear. Yes. But he acted out in anxiousness, in rage. He didn't reach out with that fear. Mm Mm-mm. For help Mm-mm. and assistance, right? He, he so had, that we can lift up one another, he's encourage a, one exactly. another. He's a survivor. He has his defenses. Yeah, and he has his offense. Oh, and he prepared for this. He's oh, not yeah. wasting an opportunity to go in there and take the throw. Take revenge, exactly. Right, especially wow. on Challenge Day. There you go. Wow. What else? Anything else about uh, that? That I mean, like I said, it was a lot of stuff in there. Other than us just, uh, nah, I thought it was agreeing brilliant. and yeah. saying thank you for sharing those thoughts with us, John Wilkerson, uh, John Wilkerson from uh, the Wired Homeschool podcast and uh, website, and also Struggling for Purpose and his attend the podcast. Get over and find out more at strugglingforpurpose.com. We also received a, a, an email via our contact form on the on our website at christincinema.com from somebody we haven't heard from before. David P. Franzen sent us a great message. Would you like to have the honors or me? I can do it. Okay. Uh, Thank you all for producing and sharing your Finding Christ in Cinema podcast. This podcast just hit my subscribe list. Welcome. Thank you. And will be a welcome addition to the rotation of other film and film score shows I listen to. 
Brendan and Michael's work in the show is fantastic. Oh, thanks, man. That's very kind. Uh, yeah. Uh, their, bibi- their biblical and cinemagraphic knowledge and, and and okay, their biblical knowledge and cinemagraphic knowledge are impressive, most impressive, and are matched only by the high production value of the recordings. Huh. <laughs> hey, look at that. <clears throat> I found this podcast series when researching for a faith-based film club that I've that I lead at my church, uh, Franklin First United Methodist Church in Franklin, Tennessee. Hey, a neighbor. Hey, there you, there you go. Uh, my first class was on June 21st where we reviewed Chocolat. I've never seen it. I haven't either. Oh, wow. I, I don't, okay. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would have ever thought of that movie having Christian themes. Is that with the, like, Johnny uh, Depp? Oh, it is? I think so. Oh, I, I think know. this is the same Chocolat. Uh, we broke class having set Forbidden Planet. Hey! Hey! hey. Yes! <laughs> well, here, brother. hold on. <laughs> My brother! Anyone who likes Forbidden Planet is automatically yeah. related to Michael. Man! <laughs> One of my all-time favorite movies! Uh, in a, uh, We broke class. Robbie the Robot, baby! <laughs> we set Forbidden Planet as the next movie to review. I'll be there. The- <laughs> There's, there's a, and there's a story behind that choice apparently, uh, but after listening to the show on Kubo and the Two Strings, hey, we did that. We did. I am changing from Forbidden Planet and we'll be discussing Kubo. Uh-huh. Changing from Forbidden well, Planet. Well, listen, Michael. He still wants to take on Forbidden Planet and keep it on the short list. Oh, oh, okay, so, okay. so it's on the short list. So there you go. Uh, in addition to Kubo being a bit more mainstream than Forbidden Planet, yeah. we, we also. Oh, I'll grant that. Now, I was reading this uh, this email the other day. Was this an email? Was this a Facebook? Uh, this? Our contact form on the website. Okay, okay. I was I was reading this part the other day, and I kind of got a little teary-eyed, so, so watch out. Uh, in addition to Kubo being a more mainstream, a bit more mainstream than Forbidden Planet. This was Brendan telling me subtly to quit goofing off. <laughs> uh, okay, because well, this is serious stuff. Uh, we also have a new church member that our associate pastor recently, or uh, specifically invited, in an effort to get her involved, this new member has had a troubled past, is new to the area of the state with no real friends, and may greatly benefit from hearing the message of rebirth and inclusion. Oh. Listening to Brendan and Michael's explanation of Kubo and hearing their passion and excitement of the messages woven into the story gave me hope and encouragement that I might also be able to pass along the good news to the members of the movie club and possibly help our new member find a home with friends brother that is the whole purpose of finding christ in cinema mm-hmm. and re- don't don't neglect that 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 thread of giving people a new story here you don't like yeah. that troubled story that you've had up to this point here's your new story you're one mm-hmm. of us and we are redeemed and we are saved and we have eternal life in christ jesus mm-hmm. man that's good news that's it anyway this was a long note to merely express my gratitude for the show and to ask if if i may reach back out to you if i have any questions in preparing for my class thanks again david franzen franklin tennessee wow yes you may david of course you may you do you do not need to ask our permission yes no 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 no. that's what we're here for you you go ahead and ask those questions man and welcome welcome to uh welcome to the fold yes to the to the to the family Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, la familia yes (laughs) excellent feedback from 
from from everybody this uh, past week, and and I hope that we generate some good feedback on this show because I think that uh, that this was almost every bit as powerful. Uh, the messages that we found in here, as in Black Panther, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a different message, obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah. powerful. Speaks to speaks to Christians. Do you have any well mannered frivolity? Oh, just that. Uh, well, my my big thing at the fly right now is the. Uh, the Brothers Grimm event that we have going on. Uh, oh, Brothers Grimm, where art thou? No, no. Please call it Matt, that. Wouldn't that be an awesome movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brothers Grimm, where, where art, art thou? thou? Oh man, wow. that's funny. No, but it's uh, it's going to be a big night. We hope we have a good turnout. It's uh, we basically want to point people to the original Grimm fairy tales and all their, you know, admittedly shock value driven, miscegenated, (laughs) miscegenated. They, they ain't even old timey, (laughs) you know? Uh, But in fact, they are old timey because they were written in the what? 18th century, 1700s. But they, when you read them and even, you know, for me rereading them to get ready for this thing, uh, man, they're gruesome they're, they're and violent. They are gruesome and violent, but yes. for a point, yes. not super, not super, superfluously. Yes, is that, is that the right word? Not lightly. Yeah, not lightly. Yes. It's, it's, it's to a point. It's to bolster a message, and uh, you know, there's going to be now, Michael. You know how I like to I like to make things. How I like to rank things as well. Oh, uh, I thought you were asking me how you like to. Uh, do you, you know how I like to? You, no, how? I know, how do well, you? I do this. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I created a live trivia game for the for the show, and I I threw in you know there are multiple choice questions, uh, and I threw in some real stinkers of answers just to see if anybody was out there listening. Oh, like like for example, if you're a Back to the Future fan, which I hope some of those people show up. Uh, there's the uh, one of the questions is who did Jacob Wilhelm work for uh, as a or who appointed him as their court librarian? Which royal monarch of uh, relative of Napoleon was it? Jacob, his older brother, was it someone his younger brother, his cousin? And then my last one is uh, his cousin Marvin, <laughs> Marvin Bonaparte. <laughs> Oh. It's just you know, just a, a a quick and every question has you know like your cousin, <laughs> your cousin. You gotta listen. To every this. every question has like a little a little snarky answer oh, like nice. that. So that's and I, fun. I, I'm kind of excited to that's see. That's well mannered and frivolous. It is. Yes. It, it, it very well is. <laughs> but but man, it's been it's been work to get it going though. Yeah. You know, there's you know there's a small team of us, uh, basically three people, three event organizers, and we're we're setting up these booths that will kind of exhibit the original stories and then we'll have live actors there portraying the characters uh people coming in and we'll get to meet the characters nice they'll get to meet cinderella oh that's great they'll get to meet her her stepsisters they won't be chopping off their toes and heels oh that's in the story the fun in that i know well it's in the story you got to give it to the imagination Uh, okay uh you know there's a thing for leaving things unshown and letting the imagination have its uh you know have its full effect so, but anyway, that's that's tomorrow, and I'm kind of ready for it to be over with, uh, because it's we've been working on it for the past couple months. But uh, I'm excited for people to come out and uh, you know just enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I'm excited to enjoy it. Awesome to kick my feet up and you know relax with it. 
Re-racks. Re Re-racks. Yeah. Re Relax. Hey, I want a, a little correction because I believe on our last episode during our podcast-only segment that I encouraged uh, everybody to read Ezekiel chapter 16 in its entirety. Well, uh, because that wasn't in my show notes and I do that quite often, I misspoke and what I should have said was chapter 18 and and uh, how this tied into our discussion in uh, Black Panther, especially... Um, uh, verse, starting in verse 20. Uh, because, of course, Brendan, Ezekiel chapter 16 is the chapter that's filled with God saying, using language that Christians would frown upon. Okay, so yeah. don't read that chapter yeah. because it's not very Christian-like. So anyway, uh, starting in ver uh, verse 20 here in uh, Ezekiel chapter 18, the person whose sins will die, the son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. But if the wicked man turns from all his sins, which he has committed and observes uh, all my statutes and practices justice and righteousness. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Uh, you know, it goes on and on. That's what this whole, this whole chapter is about being just and, and, and um, you will stand up for your own sins. Verses where in the Old Testament, you know, this, the, the, the sins of the fathers had a direct effect on the children even though the children didn't eat the sour grapes, but mm -hmm. their teeth were set on edge. Uh, but the time was coming in the, in the new covenant where that would not be the case anymore. And obviously we're speaking in spiritual terms, right? Um, and, and, uh, and so I just wanted to make that, that correction from last week. Don't read Ezekiel chapter 16. Ooh, <laughs> wee. All right. <laughs> All right, Brandon, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, Look, at this was another, hey, well, let's ask the, the listeners what they think about these uh, these extended uh, podcast only segments at the end of the regular radio show because yeah. this is the second week in a row that the that we've gone almost an hour in the in the extra segment in the extra Dang. segment but i mean this is what the podcast used to be it is i mean and when we were went, once it went to the radio we had to operate under mm -hmm. you know constraints and and things such as that and so who knows but i mean it's still a long you know but, you know, we put the timestamps right there in the show notes, and those show notes should show up in your podcast app with right. this episode. And you can mm -hmm. look and go, oh, okay, they're talking about, I only want to hear the radio portion of it. Or right. I only want to hear, you know, or I only want to hear the Christian themes. I don't care what they thought about the movie, what they liked about it, what they didn't like. I don't care about any of that stuff. I only want Christian themes. Well, we put those timestamps in there for you because we believe that's what it is to be a good Christian. So remember that. Timestamps equals good Christian. <laughs> there you go. If you don't have any timestamps, you are a heretic. Oh, there's, oh, that, there's no. that word again. You keep using that word. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think. Of course, I don't do timestamps on our uh, on our other show. Oh, no. Secret Fire Podcast. So I'm a heretic. Oh, again. No. Oh, no. Again. Oh, no. All right, Brendan. Um, did we decide on what we're going to talk about next week? Not yet. Okay, we haven't figured it out. No. Okay. We do. We do need something lighter. I will we say do that. Need something lighter. We need something, you know, like the Big Lebowski. Hey, we can go or, back to do a Pixar movie. That we could. Um, Actually, you know, we might need to hit Incredibles. Oh, because the new. Because let's the, do that. Let's do that. Okay, there you go. Look, okay, look, that's syndrome, and we even actually uh, alluded to uh, syndrome in this very episode. When I said when we said he was monologuing, oh, oh you caught me monologuing again. Uh, <laughs> Syndrome says that. I'm gonna be honest with you, I haven't seen The Incredibles. What? I know. What are you doing? I know. I. 
Oh, yeah, I, I, don't don't give me that. Are you done? Are you are you are you done? I am now. Brenda just made me sad. Martha. Even that made me sad. All right. Oh man. Okay, Brendan, let's go ahead and uh, get out of here. Anything else? Any uh, anything you want to add on? No, we're good. All right, that is a. Rrr-